Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Morning, everyone. Welcome to Tradies News in a Nutshell. It's Friday morning. It's the 16th of September 2022. Daniel Pedgrew with you, broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast, 1300 01 1170, the phone number. You can text 0457 736 736. Very busy show over the course of the next hour before the breakfast shows. The rugby last night. What on earth happened? We'll get to that in a second. A superstar of world sport has announced his retirement overnight. The NRL and AFL finals getting underway tonight as well. Prelim finals in the AFL, elimination semifinals in the rugby league. And we're also going to talk EPL and our road to the World Cup. All that and more in the next 59 minutes. So let's get on with the show. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rain. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rain. Yeah, does your hot water need replacing? Get one that's steady, hot and strong. Ask your plumber to install a ream. All right, uh, the show is yours. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 or 0457 736 736. Let's start with the rugby. What on earth happened? Uh, the All Blacks 37-34. But can anyone, anyone at all, explain that ending to me? So if you missed it and you're just waking up, the All Blacks were at one point leading by 18 points before Australia executed an incredible comeback. And they led 37 to 34 with less than a minute on the clock remaining. They got given a penalty with about five minutes to go. And then they got given another penalty right on their own try line. And the referee had called time off. Seconds later, he calls time back on. And then literally, I would have said three or four seconds after that, he penalises the Wallabies for wasting time. If you haven't seen it yet, if you weren't watching it, even if you're not a huge rugby union fan, you need to go to this. Now, we talk about refereeing problems in rugby league a lot of the time. But that was... uh, 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 Now, Charlie Goodsir, who played rugby when he was younger, told me in the office earlier, it is actually a rule. But look, I've watched enough rugby union in my time. I have never, ever seen that rule, ever. And then the All Blacks get the penalty... And score after the siren, of course, they play until uh, the ball goes out or someone scores and win. And not only do they win in controversial circumstances, they also now retain the Bledisloe Cup because it's only a two-match series. So, uh, quite unbelievable. If you've got any thoughts on this, if you did see it, if you stayed up last night to watch it, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Tim Horan on Stan Sport on Channel 9, said that's a ridiculous call from the referee. Bernard Foley is waiting for his forward pack and is saying, OK, I'm going to kick this ball out. Jordan, uh, Jordy Barrett, the man to score in the corner. And that means New Zealand have held on to the Bledisloe Cup since 2003. But what a way to lose. What an awful, awful way to lose. And again, I said this to Charlie um, off air when he was explaining the rule to me. Um... For the casual observer of rugby, doesn't that just put people off, seeing a decision like that? It was an awful decision. Awful. Just, I I, I cannot believe he came up with that decision. Ridiculous. 
your thoughts on it. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. What a way to lose a test match to a rule that nobody had ever heard of up until six or so hours ago in front of a very big crowd in Melbourne at Marvel Stadium. Unbelievable. Um, now, uh, the other big news overnight, and so sad news, but not totally unexpected, uh, Roger Federer has called time on his tennis career as injuries have finally taken their toll. Uh, one of the greatest players to have ever stepped onto the court. Uh, he's announced his retirement in a statement posted on social media. Now, he did confirm he will play the Labor Cup next week in London, but that would be his final event on the ATP Tour. He did not rule out competing in further events. However, he did make clear he would not be playing on the tour or participating in any further Grand Slams. He said, To my tennis family and beyond, of all the gifts that tennis has given me over the years, the greatest, without a doubt, has been the people I've met along the way, my friends, my competitors, and most of all the fans who give, give the sport its life. Today, I want to share some news with all of you. As many of you know, the past three years have presented me with challenges in the form of injuries and surgeries. I've worked hard to return to full competitive form, but I also know my body's capacities and limits, and its message to me lately has been clear. I am 41 years old. I have played more than 1,500 matches over 24 years. Tennis has treated me more generously than I ever would have dreamt, and now I must recognise when it is time to end my competitive career. The Labor Cup next week in London will be my final ATP event, I will play more tennis in the future, of course, but just not in the Grand Slams or on the tour. This is a bittersweet decision because I'll miss everything the tour has given me, but at the same time, there is so much to celebrate. I consider myself one of the most fortunate people on earth. I was given a special talent to play tennis, and I did it at a level that I never imagined for much longer than I ever thought possible. I'd like to especially thank my amazing wife, who has lived through every minute with me. She has warmed me up before finals, watched countless matches even while over eight months pregnant, and has enjoyed my goofy side on the road with my team for over 20 years. I also want to thank my four wonderful children for supporting me, always eager to explore new places and creating wonderful memories along the way. Seeing my family cheering me on from the stands is a feeling I will cherish forever. forever. I would also like to thank and recognise my loving parents and my dear sister, without whom nothing would be possible. And he went on uh, to thank uh, the ATP, his family, um, and just amazing, amazing career by Roger Federer. Is he the greatest tennis player? Rafael Nadal's already, uh, Rafael Nadal's already, already paid tribute to Roger Federer. What a rivalry that was. So many great matches between those two, but underlying all of that, a lot of respect and love uh, from Rafa. So, yeah, very sad day in terms of uh, Roger Federer retiring from tennis. But as I said, probably not unexpected. And I'm sure we'll see him playing some of those legends matches uh, down the line. What a career. Is he the best tennis player ever? Is he the best athlete ever? He would be very close to it. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Is Roger Federer the best athlete you've ever seen? Is he the best tennis player? I know by the end of... Raffers and Novak's career, they may overtake him in terms of uh, Grand Slams 1, but when Roger was on the court, he was just simply brilliant to watch. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. And 
We're about to start our weekend forecast after the break with Jonathan Gallo with our EPL uh, tips and the Road to the World Cup. Charlie will preview the NRL and the AFL in about 20 minutes. But I want your tips this weekend. All four matches, but in particular the rugby league matches, who's winning and why? 0457 736 736. Who is going to progress to the preliminary finals next weekend? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. And if you're in Sydney and you're doing the double tomorrow, SCG for the Swans into the Sharks South match, love to hear from you as well. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. So plenty on our agenda this morning. The rugby. Have you ever seen anything like that ever before? What an absolutely awful way. Almost it, you could almost describe it as a farce how that much ended last night. Roger Federer, is he the best tennis player ever? Is he the best athlete you've ever seen? And who's going to win the big matches this weekend? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170 to your text, to your calls next. It's coming up to nine past five. We will get stuck into our NRL and AFL finals preview after the next break with Charlie Good. So on the text, Jason says, all I can say to Roger Federer is all the best for the future. Uh, you've brought things, uh, you've brought people like myself much enjoyment and I will, and uh, good luck to everything you are going to achieve in your career. Thank you very, very much, Jason. Yeah, well uh, said. And the Wallabies on the Wallabies, Bulldogs Tom said, good Bulldogs Tom said, uh, Bulldog Tom even said, I should have taken the extra two hours sleep. I don't know why the Wallabies didn't use their caps challenge. Uh, I don't know if there is a caps challenge to rugby union. Uh, there might be. Uh, I don't watch enough of it to know, to be honest. But uh, yeah, you probably should have just gone to sleep earlier. Anyway, uh, yeah, that was a farce. I'm sorry. That was absolutely ridiculous ending to that game last night. Let's turn our attention now to football of the round ball variety. And it's uh, our Makita power play this morning. This season, Makita is helping you rule the outdoors. John Gallo, good morning to you. Good morning, Dan. How are we? Uh, yes, very, very well. Weekend ahead. Now, before we get to the EPL, uh, now for new listeners to the show, we started this about I've got about two or three months years ago. ago. Yes, it does feel like <laughs> it. About two or three months ago. And then uh, we've taken a break over the past few weeks. But what this has done is it will lead in very nicely to the start of the World Cup. So it's the start of our, uh, what's well, the road to the World Cup. And we're only nine weeks, just over nine weeks away from the beginning of the Football World Cup. So we've done the first four groups. Let's move to the last four groups. We'll do two this week um, from each group. Um, so we'll start two a week from each group. We'll start with Group E. And two big names. Firstly, Germany, and then we'll have a look at Japan. What about Germany? Are they a powerhouse this year, John? Yeah, it's a big question on everybody's lips uh, as to what to expect from Germany. Um, they're a team that's you know, a little bit uncertain. They won the last World Cup back in, in 2014. Uh, always a team that's always a powerhouse in, in football experts' opinions. Um, they've obviously topped out the World Cup qualification campaign in the lead-up to to this World Cup, so they've had a good run in. They're currently sitting second in the UEFA Nations League with two games to go against Hungary and England later on this month. So their preparations point to a team that's um, that's been quite you know in form and and best preparation as you possibly could ask. Their squad is a little little on the younger side than normal than what we've seen in the past from, from German sides that don't quite have that experience that they once did with those big name players like. You know, obviously Thomas Muller's on the back end of his career. Tony Cruz is is a more older, and, and, and I think from, from memory he's actually retired from international football now. Um, Close, Marcus Close has been has been retired for some time, so just missing those those big name players. Bastian Schweinsteiger is obviously now retired as well. 
all those players that you first think of when you think of Germany and, and being a powerhouse on the international stage are no longer um, representing Germany anymore or, or at the back end of their career now. So, yeah, it's a younger German side. I mean, they've got guys like Leroy Sane, uh, Josh Kimmich into the midfield, Serge Gnabry, obviously Kai Havertz and Timo Werner, who we mentioned quite a lot with uh, with Chelsea in the English Premier League. Big-name players, all the more, but... Um, Probably not the same same stature as some of the past German players that we've seen represent Germany and really bring in that World Cup success. So it will be interesting to see how Germany do do go ahead and how they play their football and how they can, you know, come up against the likes of, of what is a tough group. You know, obviously yeah. they've got, as you mentioned, Japan, but they've also got another big powerhouse in there in Spain uh, to contend with in this group. And then obviously Costa Rica, which is going to be interesting. Costa Rica are no easy pushover. So... Will be interesting to see how they come against uh, all those three teams, but uh, you've got to think that they will be one of the favourites to come through. Obviously, they start off against Japan in the group stage before playing Spain and then rounding it out with Costa Rica. So, big group, uh, but I do expect Germany to, to just pull through, but it will be interesting. Yeah, as you say, their first match against Japan, uh, it is the where one of, well, Wednesday afternoon in England, uh, so early morning uh, here. I think if you do the maths, uh, Japan, how do you see them going? Yeah, Japan are a team. Obviously, they play some really good football. We know a lot about them as Socceroos fans. We've gone on the back of a lot of tough defeats in recent years against the Japanese. Um, their golfing class, you know, over the last couple of years in terms of the talent that's come through there has just been phenomenal, really. They just play a real possession-based football. They, high, they love a high press as well. Um, and, and they really, you know, have some attractive, you know, eye-catching football. So, they're obviously phenomenal, the Japanese, and they can run for, for the whole 90 minutes, no problem at all, uh, which they'll need all of those you know, talents that they have to, to come out of this group, you would imagine, against the likes of Germany and, and Spain, as we mentioned, as well as obviously Costa Rica. So this is going to be a tough group for, for the Japanese to obviously get through, but they've obviously got some big names, no, no more than Takahumi Minamano, who's obviously playing at uh, Liverpool, or did play at Liverpool. He just recently moved to, to AS Monaco in the French League. Um, obviously, they've got Dajit Kamara as well for Eitran Frankfurt in the Bundesliga. So some of these big Japanese players are playing for, for some of the biggest clubs in, in the top European leagues. Mm. A lot of them feature in the domestic league and the J-League as well. Um, the J-League pays their players some really good salaries as well, so they probably don't find the need to, to feature in some of the bigger European clubs. And that J-League has got some wonderful talent mm. in it as well. So, yeah, it's obviously a... Uh, a really, you know, really formidable Japanese side, a well-rounded Japanese side, and um, be interesting to see how they come through this group. But I think they will uh, have to put all their best foot forward. That's for sure. And we will look at Spain and Costa Rica next week. Don't forget, by the way, once the World Cup does come around, and it's not as far away as you think, as I say, only just over nine weeks away. The Rugby League World Cup actually less than a month away now as well. So uh, coming around pretty quickly. Um, and looking forward to both of those. But you will hear every game of the Football World Cup, uh, soccer, uh, live on SEN and across the SEN network, which we're very much looking forward to. And uh, that begins uh, mid-November, just uh, mid-November, I think the 20th of November, or there or thereabouts. And the Socceroos, which we'll talk more about next week, John, uh, they play a couple of friendlies uh, next week against New Zealand as well. So we'll talk about that on Tuesday morning when we have a chat. Look, let's have a look at the EPL this weekend. Uh, seven of the 10 matches going ahead. John, obviously a few of them postponed due to just really logistical issues due to the Queen's funeral. You can imagine that is going to be a huge event 
on Monday and does require a lot of uh, police attention, and quite rightly so. But good to see the EPL back, and it starts tomorrow morning at 5am with Aston Villa hosting Southampton. Yeah, big game this. Very interesting to see how both these teams go. Um, obviously, both teams are, are needing you know, to get back into form pretty quickly as well. Um, you know, obviously Villa has struggled to start this season and, and Stephen Gerrard has been a man under a little bit of pressure as well. People calling for, for what Stephen Gerrard is trying to bring to Villa this year and whether or not he is a man under pressure from the board is yet to be seen. But he is feeling it at some times and he does take responsibility for where they are at the moment. They're just hanging outside the relegation in, uh, in 17th spot, uh, while Southampton are a little bit further up the table on 12th spot. So... It will be interesting to see how these two teams fare, but um, both teams will be desperate for, for three points in this one. So it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. I, I do favour Villa slightly, just given that they're going to be at home and probably the, the actual week off has probably done them the world of good, really. Also tomorrow morning at 5am, a couple of matches to watch, although I must admit I probably won't be up at 5am tomorrow morning. Might have a bit of a sleep in and watch one of these games later on in the morning. Nottingham up against Fulham. Yeah, good to see how Nottingham are going to bounce back. They had a, a slow start to the campaign again, um, as expected, being the new boys on the block. And obviously their season is slowly ticking along, but not to the not to the same degree that they would have liked either. But, um, you know, obviously they've still got some, some work to do. I think the extra week off would have done them well. Um, Fulham has is, is up and down, you know, a couple of games in the last three or four weeks after having a terrific start of the season. Mitrovic is the, uh, the second highest goal scorer in the Premier League, so they will look to him to lead the way, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to see how these teams go. I am probably going to favour slightly Fulham in this one. I think they've just got too much uh, class about them, and I think uh, both these new boys on the block will, um, will put in a terrific game but I just think that Fulham will be uh, all the more classy in the end. It is a big day of sport uh, locally tomorrow. We've got the Swans up against Collingwood at 4.45 into the Sharks-Rabbitohs game at 8. And then after that, if you want to watch it, at 9.30 tomorrow night, Wolves will play Man City. Yeah, City uh, obviously uh, in terrific form. Obviously not only domestically, but in the Champions League during the week, coming out there with a, with a 2-1 victory over Bruce Dortmund. Erling Haaland, again, finds mm. the back of the net. He's leading top goal scorer. I think 10 goals already this season. He's contributed in the Premier League. So it goes to show you what a powerhouse of a striker he will be. And uh, it's quite scary, really, when you look at his age and how quickly he's just you know come to the Premier League and, and joined all those uh, you know wonderful names on the city list, like he's played with them forever, really. Um, and talk, talk about Kevin De Bruyne. Obviously, they, obviously they've got you know Bernardo Silva and... Guys like that, they can just score from pretty much anywhere on the park. So I think Wolverhampton haven't had the start that they would have liked Wolves. I expected them to start a little bit quicker out of the blocks, but they've been stumbling along, a little bit of inconsistency in their performance and certainly their results sitting in, in 14th on the Premier League ladder. So uh, they've had a bit of a stuttering start, but I do expect them uh, to, to make their way slowly up the ladder. But I just think City will be too good, at least 2 or 3 nil here. City. Brighton and Crystal Palace postponed midnight tomorrow night into Sunday morning at Newcastle Bournemouth. Yeah, Newcastle Bournemouth. Um, interesting to see how these two teams fare. Bournemouth are obviously, you know, been been decent uh, so far. They haven't probably hit the heights as expected as we we would have liked to see. Um, but Newcastle likewise is struggling along a little bit. Um, they haven't had a great start to the season, but they are in eleventh spot. Um, they will slowly try and. Obviously, make their way up the landscape. Maximin has been fantastic form for them. Uh, Isak, the new buyer in the uh, transfer window, has been brilliant as well. So, slowly but surely, things are slowly gelling together for Eddie Howe, but he'd just like to see more consistency with his results. 
And obviously, Bournemouth are sitting in 13th spot and they're still looking for their consistency as well this season. But uh, a fair game. I think it might be a draw in this one, actually. A really interesting game. 2.30 on Sunday morning. Tottenham hosts Leicester City. Yeah, this one's uh, probably one of the bigger games mm. of, of the uh, of the remaining fixtures, really. I'm really looking forward to seeing how both these teams fare. Obviously, similar fashion to, to Steven Gerrard at Villa. In fact, that uh, you know, there's been a lot of pressure put on Brendan Rodgers and, and Leicester City board as well. Uh, they've sold a lot of players in the off-season. Obviously, Fafana going to Chelsea is the most recent one. Um, but they really haven't replaced those players uh, at all in terms of you know, other big buyers to add and bolster their squad. So that's left Leicester a little bit high and dry, I have to say, uh, so far this season. They've been really struggling to come out of the block. They're sitting bottom of the of the Premier League ladder uh, with no wins and just one draw so far out of all the fixtures that have taken place in the season. And that's uh, very disappointing to see as well. It's pretty shocking, really, as well. Well, one would have thought that uh, Leicester would have been bottom of the table after, you know, six or seven games into the season. Spurs, I mean, oh, there's big, big, you know, tabs on Spurs to be a top four side this mm. year with uh, some of the, the buyers that Antonio Conte had in the off-season, with Charleston being one and Ivan Perisic being another. That certainly worked out in their favour. They've done brilliantly, uh, despite Toby Kane and, and Son, the two main mm. men, probably not playing anywhere near their best performances so far. We yet to see that from both those guys, but they've been brilliant nonetheless. And, uh, I do expect Tottenham to be just a bit too classy for Leicester in the end. All right, and just quickly, just a tip from you in both these games, Brentford and Arsenal? Uh, I'm going to go Arsenal. It won't be an easy game because Brentford are in good form as well, and, and it's at Brentford as well, but um, I will tip Arsenal. And that's at 9pm Sunday night. Uh, Chelsea-Liverpool postponed, as is Man United, Leeds United, Sunday night at uh, 11.15. Uh, just quickly, just a tip, Everton and West Ham. Going to back Everton here. All right, Everton to turn things around. We will wrap it all up on Tuesday morning. Just quickly, I'm asking the listeners for their NRL tips this weekend. You're a big NRL fan. Who goes through to the preliminary finals? Uh, firstly tonight, Parramatta or Canberra? I'm going to back uh, Canberra. Canberra? I think Canberra will get the result. I think Parramatta will, will bow out in straight set, to be honest. And tomorrow night, the Sharks up against South Sydney. Tough one. Um, for... Souths are in good form. Um, but I, I think Sharks will give them a run. I'm, I'm going to back Cronulla. All right, Cronulla for you and also Canberra. Thank you, John. Have a good weekend. Uh, I will see you over the course of the weekend and we will chat on Tuesday morning. All right, mate. We'll talk soon. Thank that, you. Thanks, mate. Looking forward to doing some more research with you over the course of the weekend as well. Uh, thanks, John. Jonathan Gallo talking yes. football. And he'll be back with us Tuesday morning. Uh, on the back of Roger Federer, and by the way, we do that for Kennard's Hire. Head in to Kennard's Hire for their two-for-one offer. On the back of Roger Federer retiring, asking if he's the best tennis player you've ever seen and maybe the best athlete you've ever seen. Chookman says, hi, Dan. I think Roger is the best I have seen. They don't serve and volley and come to the net a lot anymore like he did. That one from the Chookman. Yeah, fantastic player. I still think, like, Rafa great, Novak great. But he, some, when he was in form, when he was at his best, Roger was just so, so good to watch. Keep those texts coming in, 0457 736 736. Your tips for this weekend. The end to the rugby last night. Can't believe it. Can you, someone explain it to me? Uh Ridiculous ending to the rugby. And Roger, is he the best you have ever seen in the sport? Definitely in tennis. After this break, we will get stuck into our NRL preview. We'll also talk about the AFL with Charlie Good. So we'll do it next. It's 27 and a half past five.
Welcome back. Tradies News in a nutshell. It's Friday morning, the 16th of September 2022. Keep those calls, texts coming in 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. We've already spoken English Premier League with Jonathan Gello. Now let's focus locally here as part of our weekend forecast. Charlie Good, sir, in the studio. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. Now, just before we get on to uh, the weekend of sport, and it's a bumper weekend in both the NRL and the AFL. Last week, I just want to pick you up on a couple of things. And it does pain me. Trust me, it pains me to do this. So we were standing here exactly this time last week. And I asked you about the Cowboys-Sharks game. And I think you said, it's pretty easy for me. There's almost no chance the Cowboys can win. Is that true or false? That's true. But, uh, I mean, I didn't expect the craziest (laughs) game I've seen in years to happen. I mean, I I was at a party that night and I was kind of going Mm. back and forth with the team. And every 10 minutes... Another try, another try, and then I went back to and I saw. Wait, it's the 90th minute, so they've yes. had extra time. And then I then I got home immediately, watched the full replay, not the mini. I watched the full replay. Yeah, one of the best games I've ever seen. Really, really. So good game. and you know so that, that happens sometimes. So well done to the Cowboys. They'll get that home prelim. Uh, Sharks in, in a bit of bit of bother. In fact, I thought that both Saturday games were sensational in the rugby league, and also. I think I asked you the same question about the Rabbitohs Roosters game, and you also said that was a pretty easy one for you to tip. Uh, who'd you tip again? I took the Roosters, and right. again, I wasn't expecting absolute carnage that we saw no, on that no. Sunday to occur. I, I've maintained this week, speaking to everyone in the office, that if Tedesco wasn't concussed, if he played that game, I still think the Roosters would have won just because he's such a big factor. But, yeah, what a game. I was exhausted after watching that. You were. I was very, very tired. I was out there. Um, Yeah, look, who knows what would have happened. I think it would have been a different game if, well, the Roosters hadn't had lost to Desco, Crichton, Tupo. Anyway, is what it is. South through to the second week of the finals, and we're the better team on the day. Before we get stuck into the NRL finals, NRLW, a triple header uh, up there on the Central Coast on Sunday. So at 12.05, the Broncos will take on the Parramatta Eels. The Titans will take on the Sydney Roosters at 155, and then at 345, the Dragons up against the Knights. I was out there for a bit of the Roosters-Knights game last weekend. That was an entertaining game. It was great. I mean, what I love about all these games is that you have the Eels who haven't won a game yet, um, and the Roosters have won all their games, but they've all been really tight. They've mm. all been within mm. a couple points of each other, mm. um, a really good standard uh, this season. And yeah, I think this triple header idea is such a great idea. It's a bit of like... It harkens back to those days like a carnival when you were a kid and you played like loads of different games on the same day. I really like that appeal and that approach. So and, yeah, all for it. And what I also like about it, and we were talking about this a bit off air, I thought when the NRLW was played earlier on in the year, it had its own space. Yes, it did clash with the start of the NRL season. I think at the end of the year, it does get lost a little bit in the uh, NRL men's competition. So I love the idea on Sunday. If you want, you can go to the Central Coast or you can watch it or hiss it, hear it here on SCN as well. All three games uh, you can watch all afternoon if you've got nothing else to do, if you've got no plans. It's a great Sunday of sports. So looking forward uh, to that. Let's get stuck into the NRL, though. Tonight, 7.50, the Parramatta Reels taking on the Canberra Raiders at Combank Stadium. Look, it's an interesting one. I think um, Parramatta, I don't think, and you said this in the office, but I don't think the Eels probably deserve to lose by that margin against Penrith last week. They were only losing by seven points to six at half time, and then Mitchell Moses goes off the field and we know what happens. Let's just focus on the Eels for a minute before we look at the Raiders and the game itself. How do we see them? Because they're such a momentum team. 
they, I thought the one real question mark I had on the Eels last week, even when Moses was on the field, I thought their attack was a little predictable and a little easy to read. They're going to have to be better than that to beat Canberra tonight. And if they are to beat Canberra tonight, they have to be a lot better than that in the next couple of weeks. They looked a bit overawed by the occasion, yep. I felt. I think there was such a big hype and build-up to it. And a lot of the times when there's that build-up, kind of final sort of peter out a little bit. It's mm. not as everyone expected. It was. The heat was on yep. straight away. And I think the Eels were kind of caught a bit on the back foot. Mm. I think they did a great job for the first, I want to say, 50 to 60 minutes of keeping up with the Panthers. Mm. And then I agree. Once Moses went off the field, kind of the floodgates opened. I do agree. 27-8 was a pretty harsh scoreline for how they played. They mm. weren't terrible at all. They, they were good. They just weren't great. And you could you got that feeling that they were really just holding in there. Mm. Um, I'm really worried about the Eels. Mm. I think this Raiders side is really strong. They're yep. peaking at the right time. And I, I know we bring it up all the time, but that Eels finals record is still mm. a major concern. They can't get past this week. They've Last two times they finished top four, they've gone out in straight sets. Uh, I think t- um, in 2017, it was to the Cowboys who finished eighth. They did make the grand final, had an incredible run. Mm. But I still think the Eels were still a better side that year than that Cowboys team. And I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm worried. I, I think Moses, under an injury cloud, they said he'll play. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I just think there's so much going for the Raiders and Ricky Stewart's record in finals, and they've just got that back against the walls mentality. I think the Raiders win this one. And when you look at this game as well, all the pressure is on the Eels. There's not yep. a lot of pressure on the Raiders. And momentum is it's not an impossible thing to stop. And we saw that a bit on Sunday when the Roosters went into that game with eight wins in a row. But it is a hard thing to stop when you're playing good footy like the Raiders have been. And I thought Canberra last weekend against Melbourne, now we both tipped the Raiders, but it was still a hard game going to Melbourne, week yeah. one of the finals. They showed what they are capable of doing. Whether they could do that for another three weeks, we'll have to wait and see. But the future, and we've said this a couple of times about Canberra in the past few years, in particular in 2019 when they made that grand final, um, the future does look good for the Canberra Raiders. But this is a big chance now. They don't want to blow this chance. Yeah, I I agree. I think um, there was debate on Breakfast with Vossi and Brandy yesterday about uh, Joe Tarpany, who's had one of the Best campaigns mm. I've seen. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's top five of the uh, of the Dalian. Mm. Uh, is if he's worth a million dollars. Um, he, I think he's playing like it. I think Hudson Young's transformation from a really ill-disciplined player to a genuine gun has been fantastic to see. Mm. And I love that it's not just about White anymore. It's mm. not White or Broke. There's mm. all these other role players really stepping up. I think Jamal Fogarty has been such a great inclusion. Mm. I, I say it nearly every week, but. They went out and got him during the off-season, built this team around him, and mm. then he got injured in the pre-season. Mm. And then they were dicey and dodgy to start. As soon as he comes back, they look a much better team. Mm. And I, I just think, yeah, they're, they're playing with so, so much confidence. And they are underdogs, but they're also kind of not in a way. Yeah, I think everyone kind of expects mm. them to win. But if they don't, it's it's fine if they don't because they're coming up against a very good eel side. Mm. I just think there's more going for the Raiders in this game than the Eels, so that's why I'm going then. You're in Canberra. You said last week that you expected Canberra to make a preliminary final. Look, on the proviso Mitch Moses does play, I am going to stick 
with the Eels. I do think the home ground advantage, sometimes it doesn't take matter at all. And kind of saw that on Saturday, on Sunday afternoon against with the Roosters against South. So that was sort of 50-50 split anyway. I just think at Parrot, especially the start, I think the start is hugely important. If Canberra can get the first couple of tries and shut the crowd out of the game, that will help a lot. But if Parramatta can get on that roll early on, the crowd will come into it and then the pressure does ramp up on Canberra. I just think the Eels are too good of a team to do it again, losing week two of the final. I'm not I'm not going to say they're going to go on and win the premiership, but we saw in that run up to the finals how good they can be. Let's see if they can play like that when it counts. We'll find out in the next uh, well, 14, 15 hours. We'll know yeah. by 10 p.m. tonight. Now, the next game, tomorrow night at 8 p.m. at Allianz Stadium, the Sharks up against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Charlie, if you had asked me last Saturday at about 10 p.m. who was going to win out of the Sharks and the winner of the Roosters and the Rabbitohs, I would have said easily whoever wins out of the Rabbitohs and the Roosters goes on to win week two. That was before what I saw on Sunday <laughs> afternoon at Allianz Stadium. So I think that the, fa- the fact the Sharks played 93 minutes, but the fact that that game between the Rabbitohs and the Roosters was so tough, so intense, I think that evens it out quite a lot. Mm. How do you see this one going for uh, both the Sharks and the Rabbitohs tomorrow night, 8pm in front of basically a sold-out crowd at Allianz Stadium? Yeah, uh, look, after watching that Sharks game, I was just like, man. Whoever wins is just going to smack them. Like yes. They've been. Yep. And then I watched that game and I was like, <laughs> the Sharks are going to smack whoever wins this game because yep. they're just bashing the absolute living daylights out of each other. Um, I have really struggled with this one all mm. week. I think one day I'm 100% on the Sharks. The other day I'm 100% on the Roosters. Oh, the Rabbitohs, sorry. Mm. Sorry, Dan. That's all right. That's uh, okay. <laughs> wishful thinking. Yes. Yeah. Um, And it's – they didn't play badly at all, the Sharks. No. They, they – any other any other team, I reckon they win that game. Maybe outside Penrith, of mm. course. But any other team, they win that game. It was interesting saying that it was a really high-scoring game because those two teams were some of the best defensive mm. teams of the season. Second and third, I think. Yeah, exactly. And to let 32 and 30 points each go through is, is would be concerning to Craig Fitzgibbon. Mm-hmm. So I think this week at training, they'll strip it back to basics mm. and just go full-on defense. I think the Sharks' strength throughout the year has been that they've been very unassuming. Mm. They win games mm. that, they're, that they're meant to. They don't look flashy. They don't, they don't do anything out of the ordinary. They mm. just win and have this really systemic approach to their wins. Souths, man, they, they really surprised me. I mean, they, I gave them really no hope in that game against the Roosters. I just thought the Roosters were just going to come out. Look, injuries aside, they were by far the better team. Mm. For, for pretty much most of the game, even even when they let those two tries in, yep. um, when the Roosters were down to play. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was <laughs> um, a very odd game. Yeah, one of the weirdest games I've seen. But I, I thought, that, especially when the Roosters were coming in that second half, mm. when they were down, uh, you know, 24-8 and then 24-14, I said, here we go, we're set up for a grandstand finish. Mm. But they weathered that storm and mm. then they scored uh, that try late in the game to seal it. 30-14 to 14 was a true reflection of how they played. They were by far the better team. Mm. I think Latrell, I mean, you can look, the Latrell milk stuff and milking penalties. I, I think there were milking penalties, but that's another matter. Mm. The game allows them to do so. I, I think they have a lot of confidence from that game and they have a lot of confidence in week two in general. Yep. They've, I'm, I forget the exact stat, but what is, what are the stats man came on uh, on Thursday on, on breakfast with Vossi and Brownie and just said they have a really good record in week two mm. and knock 
teams out of straight sets in this part of the year. Mm. And for that reason, I'm going to say both top four teams get knocked out this week in straight sets. I'm going to say Souths win this game and set up a an amazing preliminary final mm. against the Penrith Panthers. And honestly, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. They, have to, they have to make it first. Yep. But I'm going south. Look, I, I think, I'll give you my tip in a second. I think no matter who I'm tipping in this game, I, I do think that Souths are more likely to give Penrith a match next week. No offense to Cronulla. They can do it. Mm. But you mentioned Cronulla's defense. There was one point in that game against the Cowboys last weekend when Tom Dearden picked it up. And look, Tom Dearden's a very good player, but picked it up from about the 40-meter line, 10 meters before halfway and just ran straight through about four or five Sharks offenders. Will Kennedy just put his hand out and said, oh, no, you may as well go past. And then it happened again off a brilliant Jason Tomololo pass, but the same thing happened again. Mm. That defence will not win finals matches. Not at all. Not at all. That that, that Tom didn't try, as good as it was, was on the back of some very ordinary defence that we very. haven't seen from the Sharks this season. And I think, again, in terms of South Sydney, I think a lot sort of depends what we said last week, how well do they control Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker and Damien Cook. And the Roosters didn't really do that last week. Uh, Latrell didn't run a lot of metres, but he, they got in, he got into their heads and he played, when he did touch the ball, he played very, very well. I just think the Sharks might get them, but I reckon this, both games are, could be it go, could go either way. I just have a feeling the Sharks might have a bit more energy, and I know that sounds silly. Uh, no Tom Burgess as well. I just think they might be able to get South Sydney, but I think this is a brilliant game on paper. I'm really looking forward to it. Both games are absolute crackers. Now, uh, let's just uh, move away from the NRL just quickly and look at the AFL because, of course, we're on SEN 1170 AM in Sydney and SENQ 693 AM in Queensland and the Gold Coast as well through SCN 1620 AM. Very important preliminary finals. The first one tonight at the MCG, 750 Geelong Cats, heavy favourites against the Brisbane Lions. Do you give the Lions any chance? Yep, I'm tipping the Lions. Oh, here we go. Here the, we go. The, if the, you're a Lions fan, bad luck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe just walk away, leave the radio on. Um because the Geelong Cats have been here so many times before mm. and mm. every year they look so great in the mm. preliminary finals and they choke big time. And I, for record, hate the Geelong Cats. Okay. I, yep. I find them insufferable. Yep. I find their players really <laughs> annoying. I think they get a lot of the benefit of the calls and complain when they don't. Mm. Uh, so putting my personal bias aside, mm. I think they haven't played that much footy in a very long time. This will be their yes. first game in three weeks with mm. that pre-finals bye. They, had, they, they got lucky against Collingwood. They did. It was very close. It was very close. That yeah. game, if either team won, they would have deserved to win. Mm. So not saying Geelong didn't deserve to win, but they got lucky in those moments, and sometimes mm. you just need that, yet you'll still complain about it. Um, and I just think the Lions, man, I've been so impressed by them. I gave them no hope against Richmond. Mm. Really gritty win. Gave them no hope against Melbourne. That was a good and, comeback And as it well. was an amazing yeah. comeback, and they were fantastic. So mm. I give them every chance to win this game, which probably means they'll lose. Yeah, but, yeah I know. But I'm, I want, I'm tipping the Lions, and that's both my head and my heart speaking. All right. Now, tomorrow at 4.45, the Sydney Swans play Collingwood sold out pretty quickly. The Swans' favourites going into this game. Now, I know this is hard for you because you are a Collingwood fan, most of our listeners uh, were wanting the Swans to get in. I know they're favourites and they've been playing very well. But as you mentioned, Collingwood in week one of the finals only just lost to uh, Geelong and then they uh, won by 20 last week against Fremantle. How do you see it going? Are you going to leave happy or is most of the crowd going to leave happy? 
Uh, Swans fans on the text line, get ready to blow up because you guys are going to be crying on Saturday night. The Magpies are going to win, and I'm, it's going to be 89 to 72. It's going to be one of those annoying, annoying score lines yep. where it's close, but it's not really that close. Okay. I. I wasn't impressed by the Swans as much as everyone else was on um, in their week one qualifying mm. win against Melbourne. Mm. A lot of their players played great, mm. but a lot of their players were quiet. Isaac Heaney was quiet. Buddy Franklin Buddy was, was quiet. quiet. The McCartan brothers, who are arguably the two best defenders in the competition, in, in my opinion, mm. were very quiet. And, the, and I think the rest of the back line carried them a little bit. Collingwood, it's team, it's team destiny. Mm. Uh, we... And I say we, um, <laughs> they just have this sense about them that they don't care what happens. They're just mm. going to go out there, play footy, have fun. And I think that means a lot in these situations. I think a home prelim mm. has this expectation that you should win. Mm. And I just think it's going to be too much for these Swannies. I couldn't believe uh, first Swans home prelim since 1996. That's yeah. unbelievable. Considering how much they've been in and around there uh, over the years. Yeah. I mean, also, last time these two teams played in Sydney, it was a very close game. The Swans got the win, but it was incredibly close, and that stopped Collingwood's 11-match 11 uh, winning streak. So we know how good a team Collingwood is. So I think it'll be a very close game. What a day of sport, though. Swans huge. into Rugby League, then there's probably some English Premier League that night. Can't wait. Yeah, huge. And it's going to be a great test for the new Moore Park uh, district with uh, with Alliance yeah. as well, um, having that game straight afterwards. So it's got, And the both games are... I know the Swans game is sold out. I, th- I expect the Alliance game it's close to, enough to it's close yeah. enough to being a sellout. I think they're only single seats left anyway, so you're going to have it around ninety odd thousand people in in the one area. So it's going to be a real good test and real exciting to see kind of sport kind yeah. of return back to Sydney. I said yesterday on the show just quickly that if you are going to Alliance or the SCG. Please try and get the light rail. Light rail's great. Light rail's great. I got the light rail last week from Central, two or three minutes once you're on it. Yeah. Oh, and they come so frequently and they just zoom past and it it drops you pretty much right out the front of the SCG. It's great. It's fantastic. Charlie, thank you. Uh, We will speak next week when we're into AFL Grand Final weekend and the NRL preliminary finals. Mate, those prelims in the NRL are going to be fantastic and the Grand Final will be it's fantastic as well. So it's just we're spoiled for choice at the moment. As Brandy says, outstanding. Thank you, Charlie. Outstanding. We will take a break. Back with more. This is Tradies News in a Nutshell. And let's finish the show with all of your texts. This is from Daz saying, excellent, Dan. Hold Charlie to account for his predictions. Yes, always. I've written down that scoreline for the Collingwood Swans game, he uh, said as well. We'll review it on Tuesday. Uh, Port Macquarie Paul says, Dan, you took too long with that last segment with Charlie. Penalty. Very good. Well done, the Pearl. Uh, this from Smitty from Melbourne. Uh, I think it's rubbish saying all the pressure is on the Eels. Uh, the result is the same for the team that loses. Good point. Fair enough. There is a lot of pressure on the Eels, though, if they aren't to win. Today, uh, that's from Smithy from Melbourne. Thank you, mate. Uh, Big G says, morning, Dan. This weekend's tips, uh, NRL Canberra and Cronulla and AFL Geelong and Sydney. Have a great weekend. That from the Big G. And this one from Bulldog Tom. He says, good morning. As for Roger Federer, I can't think of a more liked athlete in the modern era for more reasons than I could list. An extraordinary athlete and an even better advocate. Thank you, Bulldog. Tom, sorry to the text I couldn't get to. Thanks for listening this week. Been a fun week. Breakfast through SEN 1170 AM with Vossi and Brandy coming up through SENQ 693 and SEN 1620 AM. It's Patton Heels. I'll catch you back here Tuesday morning. Got the NFL Monday morning. Enjoy your weekend of sports. See you Tuesday, 5 AM. 
It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.